In this episode of Common Sense Amia, we'll be talking to the co-founder and brand director of Canna Curious Magazine, a platform dedicated to women that focuses on the many ways cannabis can enhance their lives. Our guest today is also the head of marketing for Flower Hire, one of the country's largest recruitment and advisory services dedicated to the cannabis industry. I cannot wait to learn how she keeps all these plates spinning. Takesha Harvey, welcome to Common Sense Amia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good. I'm glad. I I need that excitement because I've been on the phone with Verizon literally for for three and a half hours today. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so, so I'm running on anger, frustration, a couple monster energy drinks, and no, I haven't had breakfast or lunch yet. So oh, no. <laughs> pure adrenaline, baby. I was say pure adrenaline. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I'm very happy to have you here just because of, well, for many things we, we share, uh, we share, share some, uh, professional, uh, you know, verticals. We do some of the same things. We do things in different parts of the industry. Uh, and like I said, like that balancing of plates that you guys, that you have going on right now is, um, especially interesting to me. So, so let's, let's get into it. Can you clarify first and foremost, so your expertise is sort of in in brand and marketing a specific brand, which is something I also do, right? We do it on the creative side and, and digital marketing side of things. Can you explain to me for once and for all, Takesha Harvey, <laughs> what the hell does brand mean? Oh, dear. You know, it's, it's super interesting because in marketing, there can sometimes people can conflate the two or confuse the two and think that they are the same. I think the yeah. brand is... It's its own thing. It is the the emotions that you feel, the attachment that you feel yes. to a product or service, right? That is the brand, you know, the and, the, and it's also the look and feel of it, right? So it's the sure. tangible and the intangible. Marketing is then taking that brand and talking to a specific audience with it. So it's, I feel like marketing is the um, brand, the brand needs to be established first. And then, the, and then marketing is just pushing it out to the right audiences using various tactics. Totally. I, and, and still, this is such like a ethereal, very nebulous kind of concept, especially, and we'll, we'll for sure talk about cannabis too, but like your background is actually helping very large established, uh, hugely profitable corporations kind of reimagine some of this thing. So, so one last question, and this is so important because in Vermont right now, uh, uh, the adult use market opens in like nine days or something like it's wow. like, you know, next week or something like that. Um, <clears throat> so Canna planners has been like just straight out with creative work for Vermonters who are, you know, entering, entering the, the legal marketplace. I think the, uh, you know, the, the barriers for entry in Vermont are just the way Vermont did it, just like we do the ways in which we do everything are, are a little different. <laughs> the barriers to entry for cannabis licenses is like nothing. You know, it's like, wow. I don't know, $200 or something. It's very inexpensive. It's just a filing fee. Um, so right now we have all of these Vermonters who are, you know, trying to figure out, oh, I got my license and this thing happens pretty soon. Like, What's my brand? And right now, the education, education, education thing that we're driving home ad nauseum right now is, no, your logo is not your brand. It's not a brand. The logo is not a brand. Take me through it. Take me through it. Well, like, you know, so given my past experience um, 
one of the things that I feel like I've learned and honed my marketing skills in, in why first and foremost, working on some big brands. So I, I worked yeah. um, at Coach when they launched the, the mm. Signature C, which was huge. And mm. then I worked at Ralph Lauren, which is an iconic brand and learned so much about one of the things that um, I learned there was like, Ralph Lauren is not in the business of fashion. He's in the business of style. He's like, if you're in fashion, you can be out of fashion, but if you're, you can continue to evolve and grow and develop your own style. So mm -hmm. that those, and then also I worked with um, ConAgra brands and, you know, on the big brands like Chef Boyardee, Marie Callender, Healthy Choice, Hunt's Tomatoes, yeah. and just really learned about that the brand is more than the logo. It's about what you stand for. It's about who you're trying to serve um, and how you do it, right? So are you doing it with a smile? Are you doing it with, with, with seriousness? Are you doing it with humor? those are all part of your, your brand essence. And, and when you think about a brand, like if you think about, you know, Nike, people always think of, you know, aspirational, just do it. Like you, these shoes are going to give me the power <laughs> to do it. Um, you know, so it's, I, I just put up my Jordans in frame, but then remembered that my feet is like four feet behind frame. So yeah, <laughs> I'm picking my leg up, but no one can see what shoes no I'm wearing see. right now. No. Yes, Jordans. I, I don't own Jordans and I want some high top Jordan ones right now. That's like my birthday gift to myself next month. <laughs> Do it. Go go for it. I bought my wife a you know, I am, you know, my closet is full of them. I thought maybe my wife and I could, you know, we don't share any fashion similar to very I mean, except for like we wear all black and that's basically it. So I got her a pair of Jordans and unfortunately they've been they're and they're awesome. I wish they were my size. Like I would I would rock them. <laughs> But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with my trying no. to. <laughs> I know because we love we we love. That's the thing. See, you get excited about a brand, you have associations yeah. with it, and so you those have a relationship to it. Yeah, those are the connections you want to develop. So before you just start with the logo, it's, I always tell my clients or people I work with, like take a step back and say, like, what do you stand for? You know, and how do you want to come into this space? You know, like everyone. Um, it, speaking of Vermont, you know, you're saying it's very accessible and easy to get into the cannabis business. But how are, is, is your cannabis brand going to be different than, you know, the person next to you? Um, exactly. And that is where you start to start to think about your brand. It's so and this is. You're so right. So, like, I always use the just the sour diesel just as the, the example, like every grower has that strain that they think is like, you know, numero uno. It's the it's the greatest shit on earth, whatever. But but you're right. But what they don't know is that that's bullshit. And, you know, their competitors all down the line maybe have that same strain and, you know, maybe it's better or worse, but the way that any of them are going to gain customers is not by like how, you know, fire their product is. Right. It's going to be like, what is the relationship they're they're trying to build with those customers? So here's, here's one thing I hear constantly and, and let, let me play a little game. Let's just see how okay. on the same page you and I are. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to be the brand strategist and you're going to be the client. Okay. Okay. Takesha, who is your customer? My customer is anyone who likes weed. Ah, you did it. You fell for the <laughs> trap. <laughs> I, know, no. I didn't know if you wanted to play like the real customer or how I, how the customer, no, the client, the real, the real yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, now let's take a step back. So that is the, you know, and I, we hear that all the time. Who's your customer? It's everybody. No, it ain't. It's not. Yeah. 
Okay, so what is the real answer to that question? And I guess maybe the better question is, is like, how can someone, how can a business person be introspective enough? Because this is not an easy thing. You know, when you're trying to figure out um, who you are, like who the hell knows who they are as a person, never mind as a, as a, as a, as a company, right? Um, so I'm curious, like, how do you get to the bottom of that? What kind of things are you asking uh, businesses in order to think about this differently? Because, you know, maybe for, for hunts, it's, you know, we're red, we're tomatoes, like bingo, like that's it. But it's, more than that. yeah, it's, more, it's way more than that. So how do you, how do you kind of deal with that? Because I know when I ask, you know, I don't ask that question anymore. My creative team does, but yes. they still get that answer. And I know that they're rolling their eyes. Yeah. I try to walk, hear it. I walk people through a couple questions. Like, first of all, it is people are very afraid of leaving people out right? Like they don't want to exclude yes. groups. So they're like, that's why you want to talk to everyone. Right. However, when you're trying to talk to everyone, if you're not talking to one person, you're really not talking to, you're not connecting with anyone, no. right? So it is, and, and the other thing I always tell people when I worked on, um, I interned at Campbell's Soup and I worked on Chunky and you remember mm. all the Chunky at, and this is like 10 years oh, ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the, uh, like uh, the football player the football, moms. Right. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah the mo I still remember it. it was like Brett Favre's mom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, that brand really targeted um, male consumers, but guess what? 50% of the consumer of the consumers of the product were women. So they even, so this is what I tell people, even if you're going after one group, you're still going to have a halo effect to other people, but really mm -hmm. drive home that connection to who is it that you most like you most want to serve. So first mm -hmm. of all, um, and, or who, who are you? I, I kind of even will go there first. It's like, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up in the space? Do you want to be the light and lovely brand? Do you want to be the all natural brand? Do you, what's your angle? And then mm -hmm. once you figure that out, you start seeing, okay, who are people who think like me or who, who can identify with these um, brand characteristics or things that I'm, that I'm putting out there. So it really has to start with, and I, I go back to that, like you're talking about people, the introspection. It's like, who do you want to show up as? Especially as an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, you get to make all the decisions. You know, yeah. no one's just telling you, hey, we're targeting X, Y, Z. You get to determine and decide how your brand shows up in the marketplace. Very and so it is, it is going through that step process of first, like take a step back. I give, I give them those examples of like, you, you know, it's okay to not talk to everyone to start. It's yeah. like, get the, get the, it's like a tree, get the foundation right before you start building all the branches. What do you think comes first then in that case? Like is mission more important that like, I feel probably product to, to, to uh, your client, to, to, you know, to our clients product right. is the most important thing, right? Like that's, they might come into a brand strategy session or, or a rebranding or whatever it is. Uh, you know, really hammering the importance of the product, which, yeah, sure. Like that's why that's, that's the catalyst for the brand. That's the vehicle for the brand. Um, but what do you think is more important? Is it the product or the mission kind of in, in how they want to portray that product? Yeah. If you're, if you're looking to build a brand that connects with consumers, they're going to connect to your story, your why. So that goes back to the mission. Like what is it that, or how do you want to show up in the space, right? And why, yeah. you know, if you want to do it. So for example, Canna Curious, we are an approachable, trusted source for, for education on cannabis and CBD for women. 
you know, and, and those words are meaningful. Like we want to be, make sure that we're approachable because cannabis is hard. It's, it's, it's confusing, totally. um, CBD as well. And so it's like the approachableness that we have, it, it, um, it's a through line in everything that we do in the language that we use, um, in the, the photos that we pick in the, in the, the, the way that we communicate, even myself and my my co-founder, how we are, we're approachable people. So sure. like, and that's, that's, that was an extension of our, of the brand. It's like, I want to make sure it's not like we're super premium and, and untouchable, you know? So I, I really think about the mission, like, what do you want to accomplish in general? Because there's so many, think about, there's so many makers of everything, right? There's yeah. a bunch of makers of different genes, right? Um, but why do you buy Levi's versus Joe's versus, you know, Wrangler? I don't know. <laughs> They're still around. I was about to kick my leg out again and show you my Levi's, but no, it's not in frame. So I, I I'm, you know. <laughs> no, I always say there's room for more. There's room for all. So yeah. you can pick a lane and you're going to find an audience that's going to identify with you and then grow with you. And then you can expand after or later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But start somewhere strong and have a clear definition of who you are because you want your audience to be able to play back to you or to others and be your 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 word of mouth advocates what you stand for totally there's this i don't know if you're aware of chris doe but he's a you know huge social media he has a huge social media presence he runs an agency i guess in california somewhere uh called the future something um and a message you know he's just one of those like rise and grind kind of social media dudes, but he's also a creative. So it's a little soft. You know, he's not Gary V. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he is, he is like a, a artsy version of that. Uh, so he has, you know, one of the things that he always says is there's no matter what you think there's room in any industry yeah. for you. It's, it's not necessarily the widget, the jeans or the pre-roll or whatever it is. It's, it's that message behind it and how powerfully and succinctly like yes. you can deliver that. Right. And, exactly. and part of that is like, you know, it's, I would say obviously words are as important as kind of the visual components, but all these things play into it. So just to take one, one more small step backwards, the cannabis. So coming from, you know, kind of working with Campbell soup and, you know, like all these big name companies fast forward to kind of now, where the cannabis and, you know, now you're working with cannabis brands uh, and the, you know, the industry itself is so nascent, you know, it's, it's been around for a, a blink of an eye. It, it feels right. like forever, but it's been around for the blink of an eye. So this is obviously a generalization, but a lot of people entering the industry <clears throat> don't necessarily have maybe the same business background or business experience or broad understanding of kind of this brand thing. So, how are you explaining this differently to them versus like, how am I, how you were explaining it to maybe like a board of directors or like, you know, a marketing team for a fortune 500 company? Yeah. I think it goes back to just bringing people along the way and accepting and honestly being humble at the hard work it took to even get the industry where it is today. And then coming in and saying, I, I respect what you've done and Here's how we can be even better. Because as the industry develops, this is what I, I, I started actually in the cannabis industry working with a um, consumer insights company that was it literally came in to say from, from traditional CPG to say, hey, 
you're going to need to segment your consumers. You're going to need to have understand their need states and it's going to make your products better. And it's also going to make your marketing better because you're going to actually be connecting to their true um, desires. Right. So I kind of have kind of used that story and that line too to kind of bring people along is the industry, like you've said, it is so small. I was at a, a marketing conference last week. So it's like gen pop. And I'm so used to being in, you know, cannabis circles. And I realized like so many people are curious about cannabis and mm -hmm. still are, have no clue. They may have heard a little bit of something. So the, the industry is still has super, um, super growth potential. And oh so God. it is really just letting people know that it, it has this growth potential. It's going to develop and there's, there's different customer segments that they're going to have different needs. And the way that we grow is by um, developing a, a, a segmentation strategy or a, a brand strategy of how we're going to and who we're going to go after. Um, and and, it, explain, and how that, can you just explain real quick a segmentation, like a segmenting oh, strategy? So basically you're going to have more than one consumer that you may, may um, go after. So for example, there's, we'll just talk, I'll give a cannabis example. So there's different need states around like why people use it. So top three reasons, pain, trouble sleeping, anxiety. So if you're developing a product, you know that those are three needs that people want. You can segment your customers into those need states by, okay, I'm going to create a product for the people who want to sleep or people who have pain or, and, or you can segment your customers by how they're using it by, you know, by demographics such as age or, um, or psychographics, like based on like lifestyle. So people who, um, you know, who have uh, so a demographic might be income, right? So people who have a, a lower income or medium income, you want to make sure you have opening price point products, right? If you have like for we focus on can of curious on women. So it's like, what are what what are the products that women are using? Are they there are some of them or is, is there a segment of population that is newbies and they want lower dose products? And so that's how you can um, start to look at your customer base and segment them based on how they're using it, what they're using it for, and then tailor your, your marketing innovation to those different segments. Very interesting. It, it, and it's some, this is like what, you know, my marketing calls, internal marketing calls, like this is almost all we talk about. So it's like, we have, you know, databases of lists, thousands and thousands of people, license holders in our case, uh, in various stage of either, either pre-license or, you know, actual operation and the needs of those people, while we can definitely accommodate, you know, A to Z for any of them are wildly different. And, and moreover, like the way that they as consumers <clears throat> are trying to uh, maybe do their own due diligence, like do their research into, you know, in your in your uh, example, whatever cannabis product in mind, like, you know, digital marketing for cannabis companies. So we have to like tailor our message for, you know, pre pre entrepreneurs to, yes. you know, long term MSO directors of marketing, you know, with multiple C level bosses, that sort of thing. Like, and it's wildly different messaging. It's it's all the same message. We yes. just kind of tailor, we tailor it a little differently, but that's, that's for sure an interesting thing. And I do, I love that example of, you know, like recognizing, because it goes back to what we were talking about, like every, everybody wants everybody to be their customer. And while like on the onset, that's like a, a an impossibility, you can tailor your brand for, and you know, the, 
the financial demographics the easiest one i can have a you know top yeah. of the line super expensive product and i can have that same product that's you know maybe packaged a little differently a slightly different branding for a you know a a, a a more affordable, you know, audience, that sort of thing. So it, it's a great example. Uh, I got you right into the weeds immediately. And I didn't mean to, I usually like to do a little bio first. Uh, oh yeah. So Who am I? <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's take it back. Um, so you had a, you had a pretty, you know, a fairly long career um, before getting into kind of like the freelance thing, the independent yeah. contractor, the 1099, uh, yeah. which you also did for a long time. So can you, Take me through that, like the setting out on your own as a yeah. as a contractor. Yeah. So I um in 2017, I retired from corporate America. I call that my yes. July 28th was my <laughs> retirement date. And I um I this was burnt out and I needed to yeah. take some time off. So I had I knew that I was burnt out. So I started saving a couple of years prior to be able to like not work for a year. I just wanted to like be okay, be comfortable and not have to think about anything. Um, I started traveling and met some amazing people through a travel group and realized like there's so many different ways that I could apply my corporate knowledge to um, startup businesses, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And so I started just basically cultivating uh, or creating like programs or ways that I can help. And it was really with foundational branding and marketing strategies. And how did I find clients? I just, I, first and foremost, I had to like, I created a website, I had a friend do my website and I, I was like, how do I position? And, it, and I was tweaking over and over again, like, how do I position my services so that it makes sense to the audiences that I want to serve? Mm -hmm. And, and then just really start putting the word out there, um, that of what I was doing and, and asking people for referrals, if they knew someone, I, I, I did a project for free just to kind of build my portfolio and also yeah. to kind of like test out, like what the process could be like and to um because at first it is it can be very time consuming you think it's like oh i can knock this out in you know a couple hours and i can charge a thousand dollars like and then you end up spending like 15 hours and then you're like oh my god i'm not making enough money <laughs> um you're giving me ptsd by the way <laughs> oh i'm so sorry I, i'm giving myself PTSD. <laughs> um and and but basically that's how I how I started. I worked at a co-working space to put myself in an environment with um, entrepreneurs and and people who were either doing side hustles or, or trying to transition from oh, corporate America to just be in that space and that energy yeah. of entrepreneurship. It also provided me support, you know, in terms of people doing different things to be able to collaborate and you know cross pollinate and do projects together with other folks and. That's really how I got in. And then I got into, through my working at my co-working space, there was a, a large CBD company that was, um, their sales team was there um, while they were looking for permanent office space. And they were uh, looking to get into major retail. And my previous role uh, was, I was a shopper marketing director and I had contacts at all major retailers, grocery, drug. And so I ended up doing a project with them. And that's when I really got into from the CBD into cannabis, because I was like, wow, they really like you mentioned earlier, there are people coming from all different backgrounds. And so they didn't know, like, OK, this is, you know, how you present to a buyer at CVS. These are the types of things that they're going to be looking for. This is right. the plan you have to present to them. You can't just say, yeah. here's the pricing. They're going to know how are you going to support the brand once it's on shelf? Um, and so I helped them with that. And. From there, I was like, I'm in. I want to be in this in this industry because I could see the opportunity 
for um, to to use my past experience um, and apply it to building a new industry. And actually, and that's one of the things that motivates me is like being impactful and helping to problem solve. And so, yeah. uh, something I you know I'm, I'm like, oh my god, don't don't say that because there's problems everywhere. I like to solve them, and then I just keep going after making <laughs> new projects. Hey. As as many problems as there are, there that, that's employment opportunities for you, right? So, God bless. Uh, it's it's cool to hear you say that because it's it's actually not an uncommon kind of theme in this show, which is, um, I, you know, maybe I thought I fit somewhere, but then I realized that I was actually supposed to be doing this. I yeah. brought it up way too many times in the past couple of pod- podcasts, but I'll bring it up again. <laughs> on this one, which is uh, one of my guests on a previous episode uh, said something that like punched me in the face with just like how um, controversial, but like simple. So he said to me, he's like, you don't do what you, you don't want to do what you love. You want to do what you're good at. And if you're lucky, you can incorporate what you love. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this whole time, I, you know, I, I was like, you know, when, when trying to plan out where where I fit into the kind of emerging cannabis industry, and this is, you know, almost 10 years ago in, in Vermont, it was like, do I, you know, plan to open a store? Do I, you know, do a CPG? Like maybe I start CBD farming. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you actually don't know how to do any of that shit, Will. <laughs> um, you suck at farming like you kill plants. Uh, you worked for Apple for five years and you absolutely hate retail. Uh, so no, no, no. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it's, it's, you know, for me, um, and it sounds like you can, you relate to this. It was like, oh, I have this skill of whatever. I don't even know what it is, but like, let's call it sales. Right. Yeah. I have this, you know, maybe a small amount of charm. I'm a good salesperson. Like I can have a conversation. I can move a deal through, um, cool. Like, how do I do that? Like, what am I going to sell? Uh, and for me, it was like, Oh, just the same thing I've always done is sell, you know, customer service going way back to the beginning of this conversation. Um, like our brand was, was customer service and then kind of fitting in, like, I want to be great at customer service in the cannabis industry. And I, our vehicle for that is going to be, you know, visual elements of a brand or, you know, creative assets or websites, digital marketing, like stuff that's been around since the dawn of, you know, capitalism. Yeah. Um, so like, it's good to hear you say something similar, which is like, I had this skill and then I, you know, I saw this cannabis thing happening and they were also like, you know, next door in the shared office space. Yeah. And then there's the layers keep, keep, keep getting more and more because I also found that cannabis is a space where I was able to bring more of myself to work, right? Like it did, I didn't have to deal with the corporate politics of dress and, um, you know, just expectations that I personally feel are not needed. It's like, do you do hard work? Do you get things done? Do you know how to deliver? Just Those the corporate the bullshittery that you'd been dealing yeah. with. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. a weight. And Nine it's like, five, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's a total facade by the, yeah. yeah I mean, you're absolutely total, right. Right. Like, and it's yeah. not needed. And I, I found that the cannabis space, they're like, look, we, we have a lot of masks that we need cleaned up. Uh, I don't care what you, what you wear, just get shit done. <laughs> yeah. like, so it's, it's, um, it's crazy to hear you say that because like, I, I, like I had a huge court. I worked, like I said, I worked for Apple for many years. So like, find me something more corporate than Apple. You know what I mean? Like 
they're the most corporate. Um, my wife worked for Fox forever. Same, same thing on the media side, like find me something more corporate. Um, but in sort of starting can of planners, I, I relate to what you're saying, which is that stuff is not in, like, there's aspects of that that are important. Uh, there's aspects of that, that maybe like can add or detract to company culture. If you think that yeah. that's uh, an important thing, which I do. Um, but that stuff was so, it wasn't important. It was, it, right. and not to be, get, <clears throat> not to uh, regurgitate Gary V, but it was the hustle. Like, like that's what's important. Can I deliver on this thing that I say I can? I can? Yeah. Cool. Let's keep going. And I'm going to wear a t-shirt and J's like all day long. Right. And you know I'm going mean? to feel like myself doing it, you know, with my tattoos and everything. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so as my company kind of grew and I started hiring people, you know, I, I was hiring younger people away from corporate yeah. jobs and I'm like, it's like teaching a dog new tricks. Like, I'm like, yo, you don't, you know, like, I'm cool. Like, work when you got to work. You don't need to tell me you're going to the dentist today. Like, I actually don't give a fuck. You're like, like I don't care. Dent- yeah, I don't care. Like, you're an adult. Go do what you got to do. Um, yeah. It's amazing it's what happens even- when you trust people. Let, let people yeah. know you. <laughs> totally. Yeah, they're like, oh, I feel empowered to, I don't yeah. feel like a child. Like, yeah, man, like do what you got to do. You want to yeah. go on vacation? You're getting married. Congrats. Like go. Yeah. <laughs> you need to request time off. Like go do your thing. Even kind of the, the, the constructs of the 40 hour work week. Like oh. I'm the company owner. So I work a hundred hour work week. Right. Right. <laughs> but I still recognize like how important it is to, for, for employees to have boundaries and be like, yes, you know, and that's weird. Like my employees are still aren't used to that. You know, they're yeah. not used to that. We have the detox from, um, uh, or it's, and it's so funny. Unbrainwash. Like, yeah, unbrain from. This is why I love cannabis because we're we're literally changing people's minds about a federally illegal substance and yeah. saying, "Hey, we were we were we're we're sold a lie." Um, and so, honestly, like that is part of my life progression is like questioning, not question everything. I don't believe in like everything is a conspiracy, but. Sometimes at some points you have to question, why do you believe what you believe? Is it still necessary to believe that thought, right? So, and that is how you break into, it's part of that self-reflection that I think a lot of people were able to do when things slowed down with COVID, if they Mm. use that time, you know, to actually self-reflect and say, you know, what am I, how am I showing up for myself in my life? Is is everything going how I want it to go? Um, do I really like this? <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, empower themselves to perhaps make a change or start to make a change. Because I know change is hard. Um, but you had to take a step back and be like, why do we have to show up at 8 a.m. when I work? You know, if what if I work, you know, 10 to 2 and then, you know, I work again like 7 to 9 because that's what works for me. As long as the deadlines are being met or the work is being done and there's understanding, it's a weight off your shoulders that that you used to have to worry about. I remember working in corporate and having like some days I just didn't have anything to do, really. Um, and you had like Microsoft, um, the the what is it? The, like the chat function. And if you could only be away for like an hour and then it would go from like green to and I would just be like on my couch. And just like touching the button, moving your mouse, right? And you're like, I'm still here. No, like, like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. no, it definitely is. Even hearing <laughs> you say that, like, oh, I just had to move my mouse to make it. So my manager thought I was doing like, something. Like, I was still here in case. And and I'm like, this is crazy. When yeah. um, well, for I feel for like logical and maybe I'm I don't know maybe I'm 
full of shit. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I feel like I have some like a lot, a slightly logical brain or maybe pragmatic. Like I'm more upset about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, know, you don't need to pull wool over my eye, like do what you got to right. do. Like, you know, I'm not tracking you like that. This isn't, you know, 1984. And it's amazing. It's amazing what happens. So I also, like you mentioned, I'm a head of marketing for Flower Hire. I've been with them for just almost a year. And it is a progressive environment. We are pretty much all distributed across the country. Um, people of, of I, I feel senior in my age. <laughs> but, but um, you know, so some people have not worked in corporate settings, so they don't have all the hangups. But then others have, and um, but it's been amazing to see what happens when you allow people to show up as they are to do the work, and you focus on the on the work, and you focus on the human being, and and understanding that we are more than just what we do. How much harder people actually work, <laughs> and like because yeah. they're like bought in, and we are um, we're like a family, you know. It's kind of I still can't believe it. I feel like this is weird, but because I just have it, you know, 16 years of working in a completely different environment. Um, yeah. it, it, it's still kind of weird to me, but I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy um, the people I work with so much. And I never had that before. And we're doing hard work in cannabis. As you know, it's not easy. Yeah. There's regulations changes. There's lots of different types of um, barriers. There's resistance because you're dealing cannabis. And I had someone today I was talking to about the magazine and and he was like, oh, he had a, a little health cafe. And he was like, oh, I can't have that in here. I can't have anything to do with cannabis and CBD. And I'm like, it's a magazine. He's like, no, no, no. And I'm just, like, there is still that resistance. And um, and so it is good to have an environment where people can show up, support each other, work hard, have a good time, share all your life, you know, your pets, your kids, yeah. your dogs. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> I love Absolutely. it all. Yeah, for sure. Um, I totally relate. Like, I feel like cheerleader is a big part of my job you know mm -hmm. in because i don't know if you can relate to this but like it's really easy to you know keep the blinders on and because you're right like we we're overworked uh <laughs> underpaid you know even yeah. even me even me overworked underpaid like all this stuff only because there's a greater good here and, and for us it's like we're building this company that hopefully will be around for a while um but there is a sense of cheerleading. Like I've gotten really good at it, you know, like yeah. every huddle it's like, we're going through and recognizing, um, you know, milestones or, you know, great work because the customer service thing really is the most important part. Yeah. And if we're not kind of delivering on that because whatever, fill in the blank, I'm not recognizing, you know, great work when it's done or like, whatever it is, you know, like we're, we're not f making our employees feel whatever, like the end yeah. result is the customer service, you know, deteriorates. Yeah. It deteriorates. Absolutely. It's you're going back to your, your, your point about mission. Um, values is another part, like your mission, vision, and values. I always, those are like the three components to start your branding. Like what, you know, what are you, what are you setting out to do? Um, what's your vision of how you, who you want to be? And then yeah. what are your values? Because the values are going to be like the how, how you show up. And one thing I that I really love about Flower Hire, we have our core uh, values are community, authenticity, um, gratitude, and execution. And those are like my personal values. Like I yeah. am all about those are gratitude and, and people and collaboration. And 
Um, and but I'm also about getting shit done. So the execute, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, roo roo, ha ha. But I also deliver. <laughs> yeah. You know, ultimately, we're here to take a business from X to Y, and um, we do to to really drive that culture. We have our weekly team calls where we literally give value shout outs to people on the team. So from the past week, you look at, okay, who do I want to give a shout out to that has exemplified community values or gratitude values or, so we live those values and that's how, and that's what has developed and created the culture that what I've seen is then that translates into how we interact with clients and candidates. Cause we're helping people get jobs in cannabis. And we do it in such a way that people like, they really have an affinity for us because they can feel our, these lived values. They're like, oh my God, they're real people. They care about my career. And the, literally the people on the team really do care about getting people jobs in cannabis because they're like, you can feed your family. It's not just about, oh, I get this commission check. It's about like, you're literally helping people advance and 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 find satisfaction as a part of their lives through what they do. And it, it's, I, I'm like, wow, that's like a big deal. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. For us, like, so for us, our, our mission statement is normalizing the emerging cannabis industry through creative design and powerful digital marketing solutions, like, whew, like fine, it, it's super corporate, but, but also like exactly what we're trying to do, which I feel like, you know, is something that Direct flower higher. Yeah. And, and going to kind of your point before about when you were shopping around the magazine and the health food store guys, like, no, we, you know, weed, ah, like we're through uh, our companies, through the people we choose to hire. And then the way that those people kind of, you know, speaker phone, you know, yeah. yell, out, yell out into the masses. That's, that's how you're going to get into that, you know, health food stores, like the more education and like yeah. our, our job is mostly education, you know, like we're educating our potential clients through um, you know, our sales process and, and, teaching them what brand means and all that stuff. Um, but our, our strategy with them post launch, like their own digital marketing, their own kind of uh, messaging is mostly education. I would say it's like 80% education versus like, you know, everything else. Like, so yeah. educating, educating people, not only on their products, but like what are cannabis, cannabis, uh, cannabinoids, what is cannabis? Like, don't be scared, you know, <laughs> undoing all this stuff that I'm sure that health food store dude is like going on and, you know, he's like, right. ah, dare it worked for me, you know, like, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah, th there's a lot of work to be done. So like companies like mine, companies like flower hire, like those are, you know, doing the good, good work and really like destigmatizing a lot of this by getting people jobs or, you know, just through education. And we do the educate. That's what the essentially can of curious is an educational platform. We're educating. Well, let's get there. Let's get there. Yeah. We, we're, we're getting back into the weeds. <laughs> so I want to go back to the, uh, to the, to the uh, contractor and kind of uh, yeah. talking about maybe some of those challenges in those early days. It sounds like, you know, you were able to hustle, you figured out how to, you know, networking was one of your biggest tools in those early days. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious about what other challenges, you know, stick out in your, in your mind yeah. in, in those early days. Yeah. The biggest thing is finding clients, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and you know, people have asked me about transitioning from corporate to, to kind of freelancing and, or independent um, contracting. And I said, that's really, that is the one area that I think people don't necessarily put enough time or consideration into because you want, you're used to getting a, a paycheck every two weeks or once a month or whatever. 
and now it's client-based. And so it's like, we, I mean, or project-based. And so continuing to have like a pipeline of people or businesses um, to work with in the beginning is a challenge because it's like you're you're starting to build the momentum and it take it may take a while before it starts, you know, um, the referral network kicks in or people know about you. So that was one of the biggest challenges for me was finding the right clients on a continual basis, but also find, finding clients. I realized that solopreneurs were not my, even though I like I have a heart for working with them. Mm. They can't pay because they're, yeah. or they can't pay um, because, you know, they're, they're bootstrapping. And um, a lot of times they don't have this, the team to execute on what you're asking them to do. So it's like, it's all well and good to say, hey, I developed this brand strategy and marketing strategy for you, but they're wearing all the hats. And so they may not even be able to execute what you're doing. And that kind of made me pivot from working with kind of solopreneurs to businesses that were at a point where they needed to get to the next level, right? So they were already operating. They have some some uh, consistent cash flow coming in and they're looking to get to the next level and they need my expertise to help them do that, right? As a, as like as a fractional, you know, CMO or or a co independent contractor. So that was one of the biggest learnings I had from from starting out um, initially is is you know finding making sure refining that sweet spot of clients and having the clients that are that have the ability to pay. Um, mm -hmm. because it's, it, and then I created some things cause I do like to give back and I created some things that were free or were, you know, that I can, you know, give and share knowledge to the solopreneurs, but, uh, conserve my time for really kind of the bigger, the people who are actually able to pay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like <laughs> what a, what a way to be self-aware, you know, like, and this, you know, we, we kind of touched on this right in the beginning about like, who's my customer? Well, it's everybody. It's, it's not. And it sounds like you had to kind of go through it a little bit to figure that out. I mean, I yeah. totally, totally relate to that. Like we, you know, gave shit away for free forever, you know, before we <laughs> felt confident. And I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's defeating maybe that inevitable imposter syndrome, yeah. like that feeling of like, I don't belong here. Right. Um, Who am I to do this? Yeah look, I, I have a portfolio now and now I'm worth whatever dollars. Yeah. So was that in addition to like the kind of uh, self-awareness of, of seeing that for yourself, how did you accomplish that? Was it a matter of just changing messaging? Did you jack your prices way up? Like a little of both? <laughs> a little of both, right? Because um, there is, I think, of the imposter syndrome coming in of like, can I charge this much? Like, I don't think, I don't know. I can't charge this much. And, but then okay. there you get into a point where if you're not charging enough, people don't take you seriously either. Totally. And so you have to find that sweet spot. But the, the learning about who changing my customer target really came about. I mean, it's life. You're like, hey, I need to make some money. <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. So I got to pivot, re-strategize. Um, and it, but the big learning for me was the, the combination of, like I said, it was not only that did they not have the maybe not have be able to afford the certain level of of um, service that I was providing, but they also just couldn't take it and, and, and act on it. So to yeah. me, it was like, then I'm not really actually being useful to you. So that's where I was like, that this is not the sweet spot of where we have a, like an equal exchange of value. And, and I, and so it's like, I actually need to work with different companies. And, but the, the only way you're going to learn is by doing, you can, yeah. you can listen to, to everyone's advice, but at some point you have to just get out there and do it and learn. And that's where you're going to find the, the most insights and the, and, and also the ability to pivot. My ability to pivot is so strong right now. That muscle is like, it's been trained <laughs> and, yep. 
And so it's like, especially working in cannabis, she's like, oh, my payment processor kicked me off. Okay, what am I going to do next? Like, we just yeah. learn to like yeah. find, you know, um, to game plan, to change your game plan and and refine it. And and you get that experience by doing. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit, it's doing and also exercising the, what for many people is an impossible skill of learning to say no. Um, yes. It's a, it's a fine balance of lots of things like, no, oh. I'm not going to do that because this is actually paying the bills, you know, or, or whatever. So. Yeah. That, um, that, that learning to say no, I, I joke with my, um, the CEO of flower hair all the time. I'm like my no game is strong. Um, because, but it, it, it's a skill. Like even, you know, it's not easy. All it's the time. hard, especially for salespeople. Like it, yeah. it's the hardest skill because, you know, you know, I'll, I'll just bring it in house for us. Like I pay my sales staff well, but you know, a, the majority of their paycheck is based on the, the deals they're closing. Yeah. Um, and we have this motto that mostly lives exists in the sales department of canna planners, but definitely applies to everybody, which is the number one unwritten rule of canna planners is don't fuck your team over. <laughs> and like that always starts with sales. So if, <laughs> if you know, if a sales team member doesn't have the ability or uh, to say no, uh, because they're fearful of like how that's going to affect their, you know, their income or whatever, like you have to, as a manager, you have to learn how to balance those things yeah. out. And again, empower those people like same, same kind of learning lesson with my corporate employees who actually are the same people, but it was like, uh, Oh, like don't do any, don't bend over backwards to close, yeah. close this deal. Like, no, like, don't like, if you're bending over backwards, that's the, we don't want that deal. That customer yeah. will end up costing us more money than we'll make yeah. off them. And man, talk about something that makes zero sense <laughs> to yeah. livelihoods. Like they're like, what? Don't turn down money. Don't, what? what? <laughs> don't close the deal. And, and actually this was something that I learned at Apple, you know, because I was that way at the beginning, when I started working at Apple, I wanted to sell the most computers, the biggest computers, you know, like the most expensive shit. I wanted to sell that, but it was like, I very quickly was taught that no, like, first of all, these things sell themselves. So don't worry. Like we'll, you'll sell that expensive machine, yeah. but for this customer, like you actually have to like, listen to them and figure out what they want. And, uh, maybe even tell that customer, no, you don't need that. You actually need this and you can save yourself money. Like, you know, whatever. It's a huge lesson that, you know, it, and it's so important because you don't want to fuck your team over because what happens is yeah. like that, that pain in the, you know, that pain client goes through the, the, you know, yeah. they're touching all the employees. And they touch everybody. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Now everybody like has to eat that snotty nose answer. touching everything. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, we all sick now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like um, the label agency, and for anybody listening, I'm air quoting that uh, agency gives kind of a false sense of security um, in that, like, agency sounds like there's an army behind me of people yeah. who are, you know, whatever. Uh, so I'm kind of curious how you, how this played out for you. I think that like we're able to, you know, if we're on a client call, I have five other of my team members there, like maybe making suggestions to the clients, trying to figure out what the what the solution to X problem is. I'm curious how you dealt with that because you're an independent contractor. So you're a single person. You're working for some of the biggest companies in the world with presumably the biggest egos in the world. And also like 
presumably large in-house marketing teams. Yeah. How did you deal with personalities and kind of how did you make sure that you were heard? That's a lot. I have um, a support system of, uh, we, you know, say a network. Just, <laughs> no, like, you, honestly, like <laughs> friends who have, who are experts in what they do as well to like be able to bounce ideas off of. Um, and they literally helped me to see the talent that I had, like, okay, you've worked on, you've been working for a long time. Like you aren't starting from scratch. Like go back to projects that you worked on within a corporate culture and see, like, it, I literally had to write this uh, brag book, um, mm -hmm. which is basically a, just an account of all the amazing shit I've done mm -hmm. so that I could remember it and see it. Cool. And that helped me to build my own self-esteem to be like, oh, you've done this before. Look, you did this. Cause we oh, don't yeah. remember. We just do things and just move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. A brag give, book. That's yeah, great. It's, it's amazing. I probably need to update mine now. But just keep a, a document of all the things that you've accomplished that you're proud of. And it can be in all different types of areas. But that helped me remind me. It's like, remind me of who I am. I mean, what I've worked yeah. on. Like, I've worked on big campaigns. And 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 I know, yeah. and I'm like, I know my shit. That's sure. and a lot of it came from me. I think we have to, self-esteem comes from yourself. <laughs> so, okay, you let's know. let's talk about this real quick. I'm glad you brought this up because that's not something like, so my experience with self-esteem is maybe slightly, it is definitely the fake it till you make it thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm a confident person, yeah. uh, you know, not too many hardships growing up. Like I am fairly sure of myself. I know I'm not an idiot, basically. That's right. that's where right. that, that was the extent of my confidence. Right. You know, maybe 10 years ago. Right. But then going through this, I don't want to call it an experiment, but this social experiment I put myself through, um, it made me because of what I'm talking about, like I, I wasn't, I was taking things personally, like, right. Yeah. So like even being able to like receive feedback from, from clients or whatever, like it's hard to swallow that sometimes because you yeah. got a big and little ego who are, who are <laughs> telling you to, that you're right. Um, so for me, it was, it was definitely, uh, contrived. Like I was for sure faking, I definitely put on a CEO mask, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. Um, I definitely stood a little taller, but then like, and it was fake and I knew it was fake. I'd leave a meeting and be like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> I'd like undo the tie and like take my shirt off and be sweaty and be like, oh God, that was, that was terrible. It was a nightmare. But now it's real. Like now it's actually real. It, it actually turned, it manifested into like this real feeling and people buy into that stuff. Like if you're confident about yourself, people are, people see yeah. that and they, that's reciprocated. They then feel like you will be confident in how you undertake, like what I need you to do for my brand. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a point? Like, do you relate like beyond uh, just the fear of like striking out on your own? Like that's, you know, that you have to gain some confidence from that, but yeah. <laughs> it's hard to have the, you know, maybe you, you're not as self-aware uh, or maybe you're more self-aware than I was at the time. It was like just striking out on my own, or even signing the first couple of deals while it was like monumental. And I was so like, the gratitude was like overwhelming. The the confidence was still fake. Was there like a moment when you were like, Oh, I'm not faking it anymore. Um, or, or were you ever, I don't want to put, no, I, I, was, I, I don't know if you were, but. I used to, you know, you said fake it till you make it. I used to say fake it till you feel it because it's like you, if oh, you even better, it, yeah, if, even better. Eventually you will feel it. Right. But then I was 100%. like, I don't know. I adopted this other philosophy of just, I, I think it's like, I'm just human and I'm, yeah. I, 
I am amazing at certain things and I'm not so great at other things and both are okay. And yeah. that like humbleness, if you will, of being real, it has, has definitely helped. It's like, hey, this is how I can help you. This is what I know. I can't, like when people come to me or ask about digital marketing, I'm like, yeah, that's not, I, I don't do that. I don't like, but what I say is, you know what, actually, before you get to digital marketing tactics, I want to know, do you, what's your brand like? What's your mission? Who's your, who's your audience? Because you need to know all that and have that solidified before you start going into the tactics of like, oh, I want to do a paid search ad or I want to do, you know, and so it was part of it was just like being, it, it gave me confidence to admit what I didn't know because then I wouldn't feel like an imposter. Because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I don't do that. And it's either like, I know somebody who does and I can refer you um, or, and, or I can say, you know what, this is what I see you actually potentially needing first right. and kind of go from there. And it's, it, it, like, that oh, mindset, I actually am an expert. <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah. mindset is like, it. so it made me more confident in what I know I can do. And mm -hmm. and so it stopped trying to be like Brandon, we talked about everything to everybody, you know, like I'm good at this. You want me for this, but for that, I can send you to over here. I'll send you to Will and Canna Planners because they'll, they have you, you know? <laughs> That's our clip right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what came first, flower hire or Canna Curious? Canna Curious. Canna Curious was born in the pandemic, 20, uh, September. It was born, we started in April, 2020 and had the first magazine, September, 2020. So let's talk about that. Was there, um, uh, you're not still, obviously you're not still contracting for other larger brands. Other. So yeah. So what, tell me, talk, talk me through that, like winding that down or maybe yeah. like the experience that was like, I'm done. So we, I was working with the uh, Cannabis Consumer Insights kind of startup. And when the yeah. pandemic happened, we were doing in-person product testing in Colorado, California. We were doing focus groups. So a lot of in-person things. And then yep. so that business kind of dried up. Yeah. And, and then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And um, what I learned through talking to hundreds of cannabis consumers and patients was that people were using this plant for wellness. Like it wasn't about getting high. What I also learned was no one was really talking to the grown ass woman like myself, mm -hmm. you know, about it yeah. to teach me about it. I'm, I'm only four years in. Like I was, a, you know, I was like, oh, no, that's a drug. Now I'm like, no, you know, You're all now in. I can see all the better. I use it every day. Um, so if I and I'm like, if I if my mind could be changed with the truth and, and education, other people's minds can be changed. Other women. And, and so then thinking about my target audience, I'm like, who do I want to talk to? People like me, because that's who I know the most. And my business partner, um, she actually came up with the idea because she was um, consuming, uh, I guess, CBD cookies. You know, every parent, she's a parent and, you know, the kids were home and she always worked from home. She's a graphic designer, uh, creative director. And she was like, I'm going crazy. And so she was like, but the CBD helps keep me calm. And she's like, but people don't understand it. And I don't want them to think I'm a, I'm a, it's a drug. And it's like, well, we're like, how do we teach women that this is not a drug or this is, this has benefits that they can use and then just give them the information. And um, we work together on projects from a, you know, design, she's done decks for me. And, um, and she was like, well, why don't we create a magazine? And it was like, I had the marketing cannabis background. She had the design um, background and literally again we were in pandemic we're like what else is there to do so we like we started it and we figured we could start it ourselves because we had the the, the capabilities ourselves and we just contract with some writers um, and I just had you know brand connections and 
that's literally how it was born. And so it was just like the, the independent contractor life stopped. Yeah. You and your creative director were like, let's do this. Yeah. Wow. And, um, <laughs> and now it's like, oh my gosh, I think before that had started another business, like it's, it is a little bit addicting when you start, you, when you yeah, see sure. opportunities and you're like, well, no one's doing it. And you're like, well, I'm not going to wait. Like, let me do it. Um, and if it's in your will, it's fun and it's exciting. And I think it's not about the outcome as much as it is the process. And for me, it was like, oh my God, I can, I did it. And, and that yeah. part of it is, um, I have strengthened that muscle to be like, oh, there's a business opportunity idea. Like, don't wait for anyone else. At least if you put it out there, you say it, trust me, people will be like, oh, I, you should talk to this person or you should talk, connect with this person. And then next thing you know, you have all the, the tools you need to, mm -hmm. to kind of get started. So I uh, started my company while I was working somewhere else. You know, I, I'd been working for this other company. You know, I was a punch to clock. I, you know, not really. But I, you know, I was a, a department director for a, you know, a digital marketing agency for many years and saw an opportunity was at a time in my life where I was like, I'm done with this bullshit. Like I'm working with young idiots and I'm smart. You know, like I had that, yeah. that ego was like eating me alive inside. Um, but really it was just, I was yearning for my place really it was just it was a personal journey you know like one thing um uh, people n uh, never probably very rarely ask themselves is like what life do i want to live um and so i was starting this company around the time i was you know being introspective and asking myself this and, and the answer was really like i, I want to live my own life um so just just to bring it back to kind of what you're saying there like that idea of, so, so anyway, what are we going to get? Like I was working somewhere else, knew I was not destined for that life. And lo and behold, I wasn't, I was actually fired from that job. Um, and, you know, pushed off the cliff of entrepreneurialism. Yeah. So you're doing it kind of the opposite way where you're, you know, you've got this company you're, you're trying to run and you go get a, you go get a job <laughs> with, with flower hire. How okay, so this is this is the part that's like, oh my god, I have my, my anxiety levels for Takesha are going through the roof. I hope she's okay. I hope she's able to do this. It's a lot. <laughs> talk a lot. to me, talk to me about that balance, or at least maybe recognizing the opportunity with flower hire while you're doing yeah. this other thing. So I it came to be serendipitously. Um, I was at a cannabis event on set on South Beach and met a recruiter who worked for Flower Hire, and you know, um we connected and she's like, yeah, let's schedule a call. And I'm thinking, oh, she wants to like hire for Canacuria. She doesn't know, like we, we, we're we like, you know, the team is like four people. It's you <laughs> and your co-founder. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anyway, we get to talking and then she's like, you know what, you should, are you interested in coming to work for us? And I was like, huh? And I hadn't thought about it. And then I started, it started the ball rolling to having more conversations with them. And what I really liked about flower hire was it took some of the pressure off financially, obviously by sure. working again, it yeah. literally hit all these goals of what I wanted to do. As I laid out my map, I wrote two years ago, how I want to live my life, as you said. <laughs> and yeah. I said, I want to work for somewhere where I don't have to dress professionally. And I don't even like that <laughs> term because professionally is not about external. It's about internal, but we've made it external, sure. but I don't have to, you know, I can basically wear whatever I want. I can work wherever I want and I have a small team to coach and develop because I love 
teaching and and just helping people like clear the path um, for their own, you know, progression. And so this opportunity, also, I felt like I wanted to go back into a space where I could make an impact based on like what I've learned. And it just so happened, like they were hiring a, a head of marketing <laughs> and, um, right. So it was like, oh, you know, you, you can't ignore the signs. And, um, and when I met with the team, it was just like very human centered, very much about, um, you know, positive human emotion, because this work is hard, like you said, and, yeah. but being understanding that we, this is part of our lives. I think no company ever really, really means it when they say, you know, you know, that they don't, that they're, that they care about your entire well-being. I just yeah, felt that. <laughs> right? They're awesome. like, did you show up and do what you did? You know? And I just thought, so it hit all these boxes for me. And in addition, it was in cannabis. And I was like, I had the skill set of being, um, you know, traditional marketing, um, cannabis experience, as well as entrepreneurial experience. And, you know, the cannabis industry, it's, it's you have to be flexible and adaptive and a, a self-starter. And so it kind of just aligned. And like I said earlier, like the value systems were like my value. So it just felt like it was very serendipitous and, um, and they knew like, Hey, I have this magazine. I'm like, I don't have to hide it. It's, it's all, it kind of is a, is a marriage. Like it all goes together. My contacts benefit them, their contacts benefit me. Um, and I'm, and I'm dedicated to, um, helping the business grow. And I also had come from a consumer marketing background. So doing B2B marketing, I did a little bit with the, um, consumer insights company, but it was a new challenge for me. And so, um, and that's, part of like you know I think entrepreneurs typically like challenges <laughs> like oh okay. and I always say I can walk and chew gum at the same time so um it worked out yeah I, I'm, I'm just not and not just like I have every seven years I feel like I change careers because that's it's that's like okay. a I think that, yeah that's pretty normal <laughs> I think I think that's pretty yeah normal. it's like yeah. and so um and I like the acceptance of like I am more than one thing. I think that's what really drew me in is I felt like going, working in corporate, no, I was always kind of put into a box. And then when you're doing stuff for yourself, you're like, I can be whoever I want to be. I can try this product. I, I mean, I can try this project. I can, you know, um, and so that was what was really attractive and how they all work. Like you were asking before, like, how do I make it all work? I don't know. Just, <laughs> it just, just does. It just works. Just, yeah, it just, it, it works. Because the work is like, it's just, energizing so it doesn't I mean it does feel like work when people are like oh it doesn't feel sure. like yeah it does but <laughs> but I also can take breaks you know so well it helps it helps coming into a company that's funded that's also like maybe established and funded because yeah. it kind of alleviates some of the stress of right startups like startups like mine that are like you know very cash flow conscious yeah um so beyond just like was there beyond just like the employee, the, the, the benefits of being an employee for someplace that you felt a vibe with, like, what yeah. was the kind of opportunity that you saw? Was there like something you were like, Oh, that's, you know, I'm going to be the head of marketing for this company that's blowing up right now. Like here's, here's the value. Here's the actual value that I can lend flower hire. I'm the first marketing hire, full-time marketing hire. So, so like I run the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, it's been a great interview. <laughs> no, that that was very exciting and challenging. At it first. went from it went from zero, you know, basically like organic style marketing to now you were there. Yeah, it was because um, they again, it was it fit. They were like, we need to go to the next level. 
And I was yeah. like, we need someone with the expertise to help us get to the next level. And so it was a it, it, it fit. And initially it was hard because like, you like you probably like there's no one there's no marketing person above me so that I can go to to say, hey, is this right? Is this what I should be doing? It's like, yeah, these are your problems to solve. Right. And so that was initially was like, oh, my God, like, I don't you know, I had to still have ownership like, you know, you still have ownership over, you know, that aspect of of the company. You know, it's that still entirely rests on your shoulders to to solve those problems. So you can find out what problems to solve. Yeah. And that could be a good thing or a bad because, you know, you'd like you totally. get all the glory, all the blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I can relate to that. Yes. I usually take I take all the glory and, and you know, I push all the blame to. Yeah. But no, I mean, uh, I could care less about the glory. I, I yeah. like external glory. I mean, honestly, I do know it's it goes back to like you were saying earlier about you build that self-confidence of you seeing the work that you're putting out there, how people react to it. And, you know, like, hey, I did that. I'm helping to move this business forward. I'm helping to move this industry forward. And that is, um, that's a bigger reward to me than just, you know, the pat on the back or of, hey, that was a good job. I mean, it's it's useful, that you know, yeah. but- it, Well, that's a big-, a big difference from where you came from too, being a 1099, like you didn't have that, you know? Yeah. And I can relate to that in those early days, it was just me. And like, you know, I'd win a contract and I'd, throw myself a high five or something and that'd be it. yeah like great job will <laughs> thanks self <laughs> but, but now you know you know you know not that that the gratification or the um uh adulation is is necessarily why we get into this it for sure helps but it's like that's a night and day situation from you know where you were you're you're able to celebrate these wins in a in a far more meaningful way yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so I, uh, flower hire is kind of experiencing some tremendous growth right now. Uh, what are you doing right for them? Ooh, it's all you. I know it is. I mean, it's a lot of content creation, honestly. It's like we're, so with can of curious, I'm educating, uh, you know, uh, women consumers on cannabis and flower hire, we're educating the job market on the opportunities that the cannabis industry can offer. And yeah. so a lot of what we're doing, uh, and that is content creation webinars, um, with in- industry insiders. Um, we feature, we have a talent and cannabis feature where we basically highlight, um, the people that are doing amazing work in the, in the industry and that, mm-hmm. and then all facets, you know, not could be growers could be, um, you know, cultivators could be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people on the data side, but basically trying to humanize working in the cannabis industry, just like consumers are still need to kind of shift the mindset. People, those same consumers also work at corporations that, um, and we're trying to show them and showcase to them, like the cannabis, how the cannabis industry might be for them. Like, I, I, I don't think it's for everyone for sure. Um, no. It's not easy, like you, like we say, but most, like we did a survey. It's not like, easy. I didn't say it was easy. Did you say it was easy? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, we did a survey. You like see 70- this beard? It used to be red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, it ages you. But most people work in the industry because they identi- They have some connection to the plant. And yeah. that is like the number one reason. And so I always tell people too, and they're looking to come into cannabis. I was like, you know, the, the people who succeed the most have an entrepreneurial spirit. They have some kind of connection to the plant or a passion for the plant. I don't think you have to be a consumer, but you can't think it's a drug. No, it's not going to work for you yeah. um, working in the space. Um, 
and and you know and I and as I say you have to be scrappy you have to be willing to be a, a coach and a player you know and 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 not have an ego oh, about yeah you're like listen I love that. you can't be I'm gonna put that that I'm stealing that and it's now part of my job interview you're gonna be a, a coach and a player yeah yeah <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's it's I mean it's so true. Like you have to be humble and say, yeah. "Oh, something needs to get done." Like, yeah, I'm on the ground doing it. Oh, I have to post needs to I'll post it. You know, um it's 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 not about ego and saying, "Oh, well, I'm at this level and I don't do that." There's no room for that in cannabis. So, I'm oh. really excited about the work and the content that we've created to help humanize the industry. Um again, it it the education piece, as you mentioned, it's important. And we're, and I think that's what a lot of us are doing right now, just helping people understand what the industry is, what it's not, but more importantly, how we can shape it to make it better than past industries. No doubt. Um, I don't want to cause any trouble with the, the fine folks at Flower Hire. Is there a reality where Canna Curious totally takes over your life? I mean, that is, that is the plan. I, I mean, and I don't, I, I know it already is taking over your life, no. but I mean, is, is there a reality where that becomes your full-time job? Yeah. So Canna Curious is currently self-funded, right? We have not sought out external funding for a couple reasons, like basically wanting to maintain control, also just continuing to like refine and build it out, like to what we wanted, not wanting to rush and so, but there is going to be you're a taking that same sort of approach that you did earlier, which was yeah. and, and not like selling yourself short or anything, but it's like, you're, you're validating the idea still, you're yeah. still building content. You're still like understanding who you are than those million dollar ad. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we're still building um, community actually, yeah. and, and support and just really in that awareness stage, we have a great product. We want to build more awareness, build more alignment with the right partners, um, and and go from there. Yeah, I I mean, I, I think one again with Flower Hire, I think it's they're they're very clear with anyone who works in cannabis. They're like the clip. It's people move around. We obviously we, we're seeing we're seeing it ourselves because one day you're a client, the next day you're a customer. I mean, a, a yeah. candidate, right? So yeah. people move around. So um, yeah, it's not like in a corporate. We're like, what's your five year plan? What's your ten year plan? Like, I don't know. No, five minutes, <laughs> ten minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. Did we so, just ask that question? Like, what's your Yes, here? definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, we even ask it, like, to the extent, you know, it's one year, two year. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, for us in understanding kind of their goals, because depending on that answer, like, we yeah. then know whether or not they're a right fit. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I'm here to crush it. Or I'm here, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I'm going to be. Like, okay, we well, got to have at least some, some idea of where idea. you want to go. You know, it's not where you're going to be, but where do you want to go? Absolutely. Um, Have that vision. Hell yeah. What, uh, just, to, just to wrap it up, I'm curious what big things you're excited about that you're working on for flower hire and same question for can of curious. What, what's kind of the, you know, if you could boil it down to one thing for each that you're super stoked on, what is it for flower hire? Um, it's events creating community with the talent that's in cannabis at events. Yep. It is, we've done four this year and across the country and they just bring, bringing together the cannabis community. We have November you in mean like Boston. job fairs or, or job fairs no, or it's just like happy hours. We did a, a ski day, oh, yeah, yeah. In Colorado. Cool. Um, just, yeah, we did a, a last week in Chicago. We did a, a yacht cruise at, at the end of Benzinga. Um, so basically creating the spaces 
to bring the cannabis community together. That is exciting. And we've been getting a lot of really good feedback on that aspect. And for Canna Curious, we're launching our next issue um, our October in October. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. It's always fun. It's it's a lot. That's why I was like, it's a lot of work to, to launch yeah. an issue, but it's always exciting to see how it comes together. And um, and I'm really excited about that. And and just continuing to to go on and move on and and grow. And we're we're also launching a monthly newsletter with Canna Curious. So that right now we we produce a magazine in the fall, winter, and then the one in the spring, summer. So in between that, there's so many opportunities for content. We're gonna do a monthly newsletter where we'll be sharing, you know, one fact-based story around, you know, educational story. Um, we're gonna get into to psychedelics talking about and educating about that for the psychedelic curious. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, and then also personal stories, like sharing the stories of all different types of women that are using cannabis and how they're using it and why they're using it to just help normalize it, you know, so that people can see themselves reflected back to them. So those are two exciting things that are happening on both sides of my brain. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Events and education, like keep pushing it. Uh, Takesha Harvey, you've taken us through a good portion of your journey, and I very much appreciate you sharing your story with us. Uh, the only thing left to do is to tell the listeners where they can find out more about what you've got going on. You can um, follow me personally, if you'd like. <laughs> yes. At, at, at Takesha Harvey on Instagram. And then um, you can follow Flower Hire at Flower Hire or go to flowerhire.com. We have lots of great content on there. Like I said, our blog, um, we put out something new basically at, at least three times a month. And then Canna Curious, it's a long name, I know. CannaCuriousMag.com or at CannaCuriousMag. Um, sign up, join our newsletter. We don't spam because I'm the email person. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> and I'm the marketer that hates to be marketed to. So, mm. so I'm always conscious Same. of the levels, you know, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and making sure it's quality content, not just, yeah. I'm just sending an email to send an email. Right. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm maybe a little guilty of that. <laughs> uh, Takesha Harvey, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I've been your host, Will Reed for Canna, uh, for Common Sense Amia, brought to you by Canna Planners. We will see you next time. Bye.